0: Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast, We you learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in,
1: because Big Mike has got the life starting now. Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike, Mike Zlatnik. And today it is my pleasure and a privilege to welcome back my two good friends, uh, Willie Goldberg, and Paul Hersko. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, Mike. How are you? Doing well. Uh, how is the world treating you? Uh, you are the discount lots, guys. I can't put it any other way. So, um, How's the world treating you?
2: Yeah, things are good. We can't complain. Uh, we just had our quarterly planning uh, Monday and Tuesday of this week. So things are looking good for us. We had a had a record month last month and strong month this month. And, uh, yeah, set some good high high goals for ourselves. And, uh, yeah, we're excited about next year and and where we're headed.
1: And that's a weird thing to hear today. We're recording this podcast in late December, right before the holidays. So happy holidays. That's the dimension <laughs> that. Hope you guys uh, have awesome holidays and uh, great 2023. Happy and healthy. But most people are saying, well, we are about to hit the recession and we are gearing up with tightening up and you guys are looking for forward to an exciting year. So give me a little color here. How's your business different from uh, the rest of the the rest of the world? Sure. So,
0: yeah, as you mentioned, you know, a lot of people in the traditional real estate space, I guess real estate space in general, uh, they're obviously, you know, expecting not such a great 2023 as, you know. Uh, mortgage rate or uh, interest rates are changing, uh, liquidity is changing, and uh, you know demand is softening because it's it's harder to get uh, to get a loan on you know property, right? So you know they're struggling. Days on market's increasing, um, and for us, we're you know knock on wood, we're we're experiencing the opposite because the way that our business is set up is not dependent on interest rates so much um we we kind of operate on our own ecosystem um so for those people that haven't listened to us on the big mike podcast before uh we we run discountlots.com which is we basically sell land online um through owner finance with uh it's as simple as swiping your credit card and we charge your card on a recurring basis um and you can use the land while you're making the monthly payments um and so for us things are a little bit different because it's our own ecosystem and the prices that people see on our website are not as dependent on interest rates um because we're offering the financing to the uh consumers on the front or on the back end um so for us we're expecting 2023 to be a great year because we have so many so much low hanging fruit within our own ecosystem uh to fine tune and to fix and to grow. Um, so for us, we're expecting some some growth in 2023 because you know as our business is maturing, we're tightening our systems, we're getting better at marketing, we're getting better at sales. Um, and for what we're doing, there's still a massive amount of people that want to pay 300 bucks a month uh, to invest in the future or to build their dream home, whatever they want to do with the land. Uh, and as affordability of a home becomes more and more difficult and out of reach uh the more attractive our offer starts to become because it's an alternative to uh to traditional real estate and they can get their foot in the door for a low 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 monthly payment um, and it's a very simple process so from our ecosystem we we're the the data uh is coming out differently than the traditional real estate and our expectations is different than the uh, traditional real estate. I know there's probably a lot to unpack there, but that's kind of what we got going on in our neck of the woods.
1: Yeah, that's a great explanation, Paul. I appreciate that, that color. Um, uh, although it's difficult to compare buying a primary residence real estate versus piece of land, or maybe an investment real estate. I guess it's a, the comparison wouldn't be a primary. Uh, it'd be more like an investment real estate versus a investment land for for
0: our audience or our, not our audience but our client base a lot of them are people that might uh have rented their entire life or they don't own anything right now and they want to own something and they want to have their first foray into real estate investment or ownership um and we're we're making it very easy and simple uh whereas you know the idea of them owning a home is becoming more and more out of reach um so our our field that we're playing in is more of the, how do I say it, not the sophisticated investor, but someone that is maybe looking for an alternative to park their RV or to live in an Airstream or to have a uh, retirement in the future. Um, and they've, you know, they've worked a traditional job and maybe they've been renting their entire life. We're kind of providing the, servicing the alternatives
1: yeah I got you. so you don't do traditional underwriting. This is not their prime right primary residence, not subject to dot frank not subject to debt to income ratio. So how do you approve somebody who wants to buy? Uh, what do you look? Do you look at their bank statement or we're just you know three hundred dollars down three hundred dollars a month as long as you make the payments you 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 have that land use and if you stop making the the, the payments, you lose all the payments and you lose the the land contract. right yeah, so, uh, underwriting uh, is pretty light right.
0: Yeah, I'll let Willie answer that because that's you know Willie. For those that don't know us, Willie's he's from the investment banking world before he did this, and uh, you know he's he's the mastermind behind the the unit economics of this crazy business that we run.
2: So the beautiful thing about our business is that we we keep the title while consumers are making payments, so that uh, you can think of it as sort of rent to own type contracts. So um, for us, there's no there's no foreclosure costs, there's no legal fees when they're if if a customer does default on a property so for us there's no real advantage to putting more friction at the point of at the point of sale so basically um we we make the buying experience as easy as possible we want to be the easiest place on the internet to buy land um and so that's kind of the ecosystem that we're creating so we don't do um any other underwriting upfront because there's really no incentive for us to do so um uh, because like I mentioned, if, if there is uh, a customer who's unable to make payments, we simply send a kind of a default notice, wait 30 days, remarket the property, um, and and obviously keep the, the payments that that consumer had made. Obviously, we want consumers to go all the way through and, and buy the property. And so we can deed the property to them and they can um, make their land ownership um, and, and own the property. Um, but for us, there's no real incentive to do so. Um, and so our 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 game right now and what we're playing is is we're selling a hundred to one hundred and fifty lots a month we're trying to um, operate at volume and and that's kind of the the business model that we that we play in
1: Gotcha and just refresh folks what's your average today purchase price on that lot and what's your average sale price and there's a massive difference between the bid and the ask and when you see when you talk about um average purchase price? I mean, with all the overhead. So like, what do you typically pay with all the overhead and all the folks you have to get a lot? And then what, what do you sell it at?
2: Yeah. So for us, it's about uh, 4,200 bucks is average purchase price. Uh, we'll sell for around $21,000 on average. We, on average, we sell it over five times our purchase price, between five to six times. Um, that's just the raw cost of the property. We've got um, marketing spends. We drive traffic to the website, Facebook ads, Google ads. We've got a sales team. So we've got uh, operating expenses associated with each property sale. Uh, so if you add it all together, we're probably all in around uh, 6,500 bucks, 7,000 bucks, and we're selling it for um, around 21,000. So if all in 7,000 bucks to $21,000 um, is kind of a three X multiple on our all in cost of a property.
1: Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And I guess you don't charge any interest. You just basically put a payment plan, uh, over, well, what is it typically six years?
2: Yeah. So, uh, yes, seven, eight, seven years is probably average for us in our portfolio. Um, so we charge 0% interest. We're marking up a property on average five to six times. So, um, we're like, we're, we're doing what's right for the consumer. We're selling a property. The the key to our entire business model is that we're able to buy properties at major discounts. Um, so we're buying property at about 20 cents on the dollar on average, 15, 20 cents on the dollar. And we're selling property at uh, around market value. So the value that we're really providing is to the consumer. Um, we're pro- providing a great value to them because we're charging no interest and we're selling property at market and we're offering terms that they couldn't get anywhere else uh, in a space where banks are unwilling to lend because administratively it's difficult and and banks don't want to deal with the collateral. So we're solving a real problem in the marketplace. So yes, we, we, we charge zero percentage interest because that's um, that's the, the best outcome for the consumer.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Let me go back to the original question. So we're going into a recessionary environment and everyone kind of knows about it, plenty of leading indicators are stating that we are uh, going to hit a recession. Now, technically we're not in a recession yet, but we are in a uh, likely upcoming recession. So uh, you're not sensitive to the interest rates, but your business is sensitive somewhat to the recession. So, and we're working with you guys for multiple months and years now, and we've been kind of having these monthly calls reviewing data and looking at this stuff carefully. But what are you, what are you projecting or expecting during a recession environment? Um, how much delinquency increases you, you could see. I'm just curious, kind of like downside protection. And we run stress stress tests with you guys, and have looked at this stuff. I'm just curious, what are your thoughts uh, in a moderate to severe recession? How many people will actually stop paying? So, uh, I think it's a two part question. Um, and I can,
0: um, Willie can answer the second part of it, the like stop paying part, but for us, I think, um, the the main thing that we need to pay attention to is like, so one of the beautiful things is that our margins are so high. So that means like, we're not selling a widget where we have, we can only afford $5 of marketing. And if you know, the, the marketing is $7, we're losing money per unit. Right. So, if and when the recessionary environment becomes tough. And um basically what that means for us is our marketing spend probably will have to increase. So an increased market, it, it, it may cost more money to acquire that customer because there's potentially less people that want to buy land. But in the universe of buying land, there's millions of people that want to own land. Um, so, so for the first part on the front end, I, I, the way that I see it is, is it may become tougher to acquire customers, but I don't think it's going to be like, okay, there's no more customers because, you know, it's not like there's someone saying we're not going to lend to you anymore, or the price is astronomical for the lending. So therefore, you know, you can't buy anything. So I see it from a marketing perspective of costs may increase. And, uh, Willie, I think you should take that second part of the question. Yeah. Does that so make sense I think- Big Mike?
1: Yeah, that, that makes sense. That that's a good argument. It's going to be harder to get a customer because more less people working, more people laid off. So you got to spend more dollars to acquire a customer. That that but, argument but makes sense.
0: Yeah. The one thing to add to that is that, like I mentioned, uh we have so much room in our margins that we can afford to e- even if our costs triple, for example, to acquire a customer, our margins are still like way better than most businesses in the industry. So there's so much room in our margin that, you know in a really bad environment, we can still afford to take that on. So that's that's kind of like the front end side of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. and then the other bigger question is Willie really to you, uh, I guess, uh, what do you think is gonna happen with the paying customers? I guess some of them get laid off and this is not like a critical expense. So at that point, I guess they they're forced to walk away from their from their land.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, our, our normal charge off rate is between one and to one and a half percent a month in our portfolio. And so we have a, obviously a very uh, comprehensive operating model where we forecast where our company is going in the next 12 and 24 months. Um, obviously, we work together to um, forecast, OK, so unemployment goes up. And now delinquency goes up, and, and we think our charge-offs also going to go up. Where, where does that put our company? So we I mean, we feel very comfortable with um, where we stand. So yes, we, like if unemployment goes up, um, certainly the, the, um, the unit economics get a little bit worse. So um, when we work together, we we forecasted a two, three, four x increase of our Charge off rate or delinquency rate, and kind of show where where does that put us in twelve months? Where does that put us in twenty four months? And like uh, like Paul mentioned, because our we have so much margin in our in our model, um, we're we're still going to be okay uh, under under kind of extreme stress scenarios. So if you think about it right now, we talked about our example of a deal looking like, okay, we bought it for forty two hundred, all in, we're in at sixty five hundred, seven thousand uh, to acquire customers stick in our portfolio. So if unemployment goes up, um, and say our charge-off rate goes up, and now it costs us more. Like Paul mentioned, it costs us more in marketing spend, and sales spend to get a customer to stick in our portfolio. So rather than being all in at 6,500 bucks um, for a, to acquire a customer um, to kind of pay through all the way to the end, maybe now. Well, it costs and the cost and 000. the
0: cost of land too.
2: Yeah, maybe now it costs um, 7,500, 8,000, 9,000. Uh, to acquire a customer, because we're buying these lots. And again, the and and one, comes- one
0: one thing that just popped in my head, actually, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but I think it's really important for the sake of this argument is recessionary environment gets way worse our ability, the, the, the price of the land for us to acquire it is going to decrease. So, you know, it'll cost us less to acquire that piece of property. And then that, you know, that chunk can be put towards marketing. So like, you know, it's pretty obvious the worst the economy gets, the lower prices drop. It's not like like real estate prices will continue to increase if the recessionary environment gets worse because there won't be any buyers. So I think that's also important to add.
2: Yeah. So I think that the bottom line is that our unit economics will change uh, slightly in a, in a stress scenario. Um, We're prepared. We've modeled out, we put extreme stress scenarios and we feel very comfortable on um, that, that our model functions. Um, And, and we just had our quarterly and annual planning for us. We don't even think like we have so much low hanging fruit um, on things to fix systems that we can tighten. and, And we kind of hired, a new person on the marketing front who um, we feel very comfortable in saying that like the conversion um, per all things equal. We feel very comfortable saying that we're going to be able to convert uh, a lead twice as often into a sale um, with this new person in the space because of the low hanging fruit that's in front of us. So we, we feel very comfortable saying that we have a lot of systems to tighten. We have a lot of uh, improvements to make in in our business, uh, in in our business model. That, um, that we're 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 very comfortable forecasting what we are for for next year, and 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 very comfortable with the model right now.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that caller. Um, it it does make sense. Again, if there's a session environment, you can get a better price on the acquisition. And I guess in general, you don't really discount the price; you just increase the marketing. So you're still going to sell that lot for twenty-two thousand or twenty-five thousand, and you're going to spend more money uh, on marketing. And then the other thing again: if somebody stops paying, so if the delinquency rate increases, you don't need to acquire more product. You already have the product. You just remarket the product. From that perspective, you don't go, you don't need to spend new acquisition dollars to buy the the asset, right? You just, you already have the asset. Yeah, and we're close and we're closer
0: to the break-even price of that property. Um, because the person had been paying for X amount of time, right? So um that, that is some of the positive one one other thing I think I want to or that I'd like to add is if you think about you know any sort of traditional real estate um product, you know, industrial, commercial, whatever it might be, uh they're really at the mercy of the market and the banks, right? So for us, we have we have levers in our business that, you know, a a traditional call it a flip business or a fix and flip. They don't have like they're at really at the mercy of, you know, what rates are the banks lending at and what buyers are available in the universe. For us, we have the lever of being the bank and also being able to acquire customers, not in the traditional sense of the MLS, right? We're, we have the entire internet and traditional marketing to play with. Um, you know, you're not gonna see someone running a television ad or a fa- like a television ad for a single property, right? We, the, the, it, it's gonna go on the MLS and you know, they're gonna go through their traditional methods. So we we have more levers to play with in our business versus a traditional business should environmental things change.
1: Yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty good point, Paul. I appreciate that color. Cause if you think about it, the we I mean we we've we we've all we we are in the great mastermind of the collective genius. We've been in the group for you know for for I've been in the group for many years. You guys have been there also for a number of years. And we've heard this story that many folks are seeing slow down business substantially this year because they can't buy right. The sales don't want to sell their properties, uh, they don't feel the pain enough and then the, the, the construction uh is gotten somewhat harder, more difficult during the COVID, and the exit price is also uncertain. So there's more volatility and more uncertainty in those businesses. Um, and they, they are capital heavy. Your business is kind of it's not capital super light, but it's again because you're buying relative to the sale price at such a reduced price, 20% as you will really pointed out. Uh I guess your the maintenance of the business is not that 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 expensive. Um, but l- l- let's go forward it's again into next year. You guys are looking for a great year and uh, we continue to, to, to fund a good number of deals uh, with you guys from now from Tempo Income Fund through the discount lots units that we have in the fund. So our investors participate and we loan the money to you and we pay our investors that creates a happy situation for everyone. Um, but what like what would it take to unwind the portfolio if you, if you if like a stress stress scenario hit? I'm sorry, I'm just trying to just to, to to basically uh, discuss a challenging scenario and what, what are the good good case scenarios? You just guys continue to basically acquire lots, continue to sell, you're not really seeing economic stress conditions um, as um, uh, you're not sensitive to interest rates maybe increase in unemployment going from 3.7% to 4.7, uh, 1% increase is not really going to majorly impact you. Um, so what do you guys think? Kind of the good, the bad, the ugly scenarios.
0: Yeah, I think uh, let's we'll, we'll start with the bad. We'll go from bad to good. Uh, get that out of the way and, and on a high note. Uh, so from a bad perspective, the way that our business is set up is we're spe- the money like, for us to, to, or our, all of our expenses, majority of our expenses are going towards growth, right? So buying new property, acquiring new customers, uh, and then servicing those new customers and getting more traffic to our website. So that's where all of our cash, like where all the cash is going that's being invested in our businesses for growth. You know, at the end of the day, if there was a catastrophic earthquake and you know, World War Three breaks out from our perspective, you know, all I don't know, Willie, what 80 percent, 90 percent of our overhead is associated with growth of the business. You know, in an insane scenario, all we'd have to do is just take care of the portfolio. So getting, you know, winding it down to just a few employees and all we're doing is um, servicing current current buyers and, and collecting that cash and saying, OK, there's no more growth. And selling off, you know, anything that's unsold to wholesalers or whatever it might be. But from a horrible, catastrophic situation, it's uh, let's just maintain this portfolio, get rid of all the overhead that is for growth. And that that monthly number is pretty low to maintain that. So that's like the horrible, you know, catastrophic World War three situation.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Paul nailed it. Like all, all of our, we're, we're investing in infrastructure. We're investing in marketing, investing in sales. Um, I mean, if, if we ever needed to, we can, I mean, we can get super skinny, Paul and I service the notes, whatever someone we, all we need to do is service the notes and we've got plenty of, uh, recurring flow coming in on the payments of the land. So right now we have over 2000 paying customers, um, that, um, significantly, um, is, is much greater than uh, any, any debt service that we have. So basically if, if we ever needed to um, we could become a servicing company, service those two thousand twenty one hundred notes, notes um, and cover debt service and, and minimum obligations. Um, so we, we have a lot of uh, margin in there to do that.
1: Yeah. I appreciate that. That's a stress case scenario. And I, I certainly don't want to use the word world or three or any other that's like an
2: extreme
0: extreme 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 test uh uh, stress that's that that's like even if there's like a bad recession we don't expect anything close to that happening so just want to make it clear like that is like a horrible horrible situation like horrible
1: (laughs) yeah I, i hear you what is the more realistic um kind of view what um Sort of what happens in a less stress scenario, more more realistic. You guys continue to grow, just continue to acquire more lots. And where where are you you trying to acquire more lots? Are, which markets do you like to um um to acquire more lots in? And uh, where's the demand? Where people are buying nowadays? Uh, sure.
0: Um. Yeah. So you know we're projecting. Last year we had seventy percent growth. Uh. We're projecting a little bit more than that for 2023 you know even with the you know for the reasons we stated earlier why we're kind of playing in this different sandbox we're expecting growth in 2023 um and we're expecting to do that by tightening a lot of systems by increasing marketing spend and acquiring more diverse property so as our business is growing we've learned you know when we first started the business it was based off of data 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 like these are where the transactions are happening these are where You know these are tried and true markets okay great now we have a huge customer base and we have lots of leads and we're listening to our customers and understanding what they want and what we're learning is that people want like five acres in minnesota or you know in missouri just you know people want the things that we didn't really expect and we'll get stuff in alabama or minnesota and it will sell within a couple days we don't do any marketing in minnesota so what we're learning is, is people want affordable land that is good acreage, that has, you know, utilities and can be used for things. So, so we're trying to get a little, like, as we're selling some of the older stuff, we're trying to diversify our portfolio more to, you know, attract the person that maybe wants to go hunting in the Midwest or camping with their family uh, in the Southeast. And so kind of diversifying out of our bread and butter, which has traditionally been California and Florida, and having some more options for the consumer as, you know, we're getting more leads from other states and people are requesting more things. So, 2023 is, for us, is tightening systems, um, getting better at marketing and sales and having a little bit more diverse um, diverse inventory.
1: And that's a great point. You want to go where your customer wants to go. So- Yeah, not you... not the data. Well, the data,
0: but the customer data, not the open source data.
1: Yeah, understood. But if your company wants to get land in Minnesota and you don't normally market in Minnesota, how do you find those lots for them in Minnesota? So if you if you are buying in Florida and you're buying a lot of lots and you can buy them at foreclosure auction, you can buy them at the tax auction sale, you can buy them through marketing because you already you have a footprint there. But how do you change uh, and go to Minnesota if you have you know one customer in Minnesota? Is there any particular way you could acquire these lots or it just you become more of a, um opportunistic. If you see great lots in Minnesota, you'll pick them up if the price is right, and then you'll find a buyer for it. I'm just curious, how how do you adjust if you demand demanding once land where you don't have a footprint?
0: Yeah. So for us, um, you know, traditionally it was okay, we gotta like send out mail and and you know, a lot of budget towards it, and then see how. The market reacts to see if you know people are receptive to mail or not mail so now we've really built up our cold calling team and we can just have one of our team members download data and we could put one or two people on it and within a week we're going to know what price we can offer how receptive they are and if it's an easy or not not easy market and we don't the but the the costs associated with that are basically nothing, just labor. Whereas before, it's five, ten thousand dollars to get into a market. So now we, we've gotten a lot smarter, nimble, and reduced expenses for testing and trying new markets. And if they are receptive, okay, let's buy two or three properties, make an investment in this area. You know, three properties at four grand a piece. You know, ten, 000, twelve thousand dollars. And okay, hey, we're in a new market. Let's see how this does over sixty days. If it doesn't go well, okay, we tested it for twelve grand. Whereas before, it was like allotting all this marketing dollars towards it where we've just we've really simplified the business um and so we're looking to scale that up in 2023 of just more simple easier less overhead
1: yeah the kiss theory everyone wants to go to the kiss theory keep it simple sir Um, (laughs) i like that the um so your goals are pretty good volume right you're trying to do well about 100 lots a month right and uh, how do you get enough inventory uh, and, and what markets? I'm just curious, again, if you go into testing a market and you can pick up a couple of lots there, maybe five, 10, that's still a small small footprint. Um, so I'm just curious, what are you thinking t- t- about the acquisition side getting these great, great deals? Because uh, it sounds on the disposition, you continue to strengthen through your website and the more customers you have, the more referrals, the more they wanna buy but you need to continue to bring quality product in the markets where that they want to buy. So just curious, how are you picking up new new stuff?
2: Yeah, so I think, uh, I mean, we've got an in-house team that does our closings for us. So we've got a couple of people um, that work on the closings. Um, we do a lot of title closings. So we've got a, t- a title team that um, transaction coordinate, transaction coordinator, and some assistants that work on that team as well um but like paul said the 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 top end of the funnel for the acquisition side is those cold callers the direct mail um those funnel into our system and and then we've got a team that kind of negotiates those the deals that we actually want to purchase so that um that's kind of how that works they each of them have their kpis and the number of deals that they have to hit and then we have the the in-house title team that uh Kind of closes all the deals. There's there's two guys there's two two guys that help us with kind of self closing of deals. They do we do our own title searches on a lot of these properties, but most of our deals are going through title companies, and so they just go through to the title company. We do a lot of um, a lot of deals that are in bulk, so we'll find some sellers with five ten lots at a time and um, make make a package deal with that. So it makes it a little bit easier operationally when we are able to find those deals. Um, But the one thing that we do super well is like Paul mentioned, we go direct to seller. So our, a lot of our competitors in the space. So there's some competitors in the space who have been around 20, 30, 40 years. Their model is the exact same as ours, but they buy their properties at tax auction. Our experience with tax auction is it's super easy to buy property um, at scale because you could buy them all in one place, but those are actually super competitive markets
0: and low making, quality
2: yeah they're, they're unwanted land because people inherently didn't pay their taxes on the property there might be a reason they didn't pay the taxes but also there's a lot of eyeballs that are looking at those deals and making competitive offers we went last ta- tax auction we actually went to it was just, the prices were insane like we're getting these deals off market direct to seller at maybe a half to maybe a third of what we can get at the tax auction so we like going uh, direct to seller, and I think that's part of our um, the great the great part of our business model is we're getting higher quality properties in um, direct to seller with no competition. So, um, but but yeah, that's how we do it. We've got an in-house self-closing team that does the title searches, and then we've got a uh, title coordination team.
0: And and one thing to add to that, um, if you think about like someone that's in the housing, like doing houses or whatever they, it's a slow, it's a slow moving dinosaur, right? Like the person lives there. They got to like, you know, they have an emotional attachment to it. There's all these things that call it baggage associated with, for example, a building or someone's home or just anything in land. It's it's normally a very fast transaction. Do you want to sell your property? Yes or no? Nine times out of 10, you know, it's a simple yes or no. And if it's yes, it just comes down to price. Whereas a home, it's like, you know, where would I go? What do I need to do? Uh, I've lived here for 30 years. I don't know the uncertainty. Whereas land is just like, they haven't used it. It's been sitting for a long time. They don't probably live there. And nine times out of 10, it's, it's just them paying taxes with something they don't really want. So um, we're able to move really fast and get feedback very fast on areas versus, um, you know, going after houses, for example.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Direct-to-seller makes total sense. And um, I can tell you from the sort of years of experience that the auctions and the, way the auctions for land auctions for again, tax auction versus the property auction during, um, if you remember 2008, 2009 crisis, again, you guys were a little <laughs> a little bit younger then, but uh, you were probably not in, in this business. Uh, but I can tell you that, there were essentially cycles. So land auctions, uh, sorry, the, the foreclosure or tax foreclosure or mortgage foreclosure auctions at some point of time became incredibly attractive because there was a lot of product and few buyers. So if you time it right, you may have, you may see the same thing on a tax auction. It's not attractive, not attractive, not attractive until the market changes and suddenly there's a lot more product and no buyers. And usually that's the time to come in and actually pick it up because you, you are at that point the, uh, paying a really good price. So just, just a quick comment. Anyway, I appreciate This was really great. Um, any parting thoughts? Uh, any other uh, uh, feedback uh, for 2023? Kind of what folks can look forward to. Obviously your model is a great model. We love working with you. It's one of the few uh, investments that we have. We It's an income product. It generates our investors strong yield and we loan you the money and you basically buy those lots and then you sell them five X and everybody seems to be happy. The math just works. So for us, uh, we're happy on this relationship because finding income product in this environment is not easy. You're one of the few strategies that can actually generate income from normally like land doesn't reproduce it doesn't generate any yield but you found a way to turn London lend into receivable to generate pretty strong yield so it's a powerful concept and for investors it's a great opportunity to uh get into this strategy generate great yield and obviously they have to kind of know like and trust you and love what what, what you guys are doing and um, anyway anyway any any parting thoughts working with you guys
2: um I mean um, we're yeah, we're optimistic for 2023. Um, and yeah, we think the business will continue to thrive and grow. We're going to focus on refining our systems and, um, yeah, and, and making things a lot better. So if anyone out there listening is kind of interested in earning, um, earning a fixed, consistent, stable return on their investments, um, when the stock market's fluctuating, crypto markets are collapsing, um, other real estate niches may be less certain uh contact big mike because we'd love to have you as an investor working with us
1: thank you willie appreciate that.
0: yeah i think willie willie put it best uh only thing i'd like to add is you know uh if you are looking to get an alternative investment that doesn't you know rely on other things such as like you know mortgage rates or what uh interest rates talk to big mike and you know if you have questions willie and i uh, are always available to talk to anyone that might be interested
1: yeah thank you Willie. thank you paul you guys have been awesome to work with so i appreciate the relationship and uh you certainly you, you're always impressed by your expertise in, in your own business and, and you know it as kind of as as, as the back of your hand it's just i don't think anyone else knows the stuff better than you do and i've interviewed other folks in my podcast kind of the land geek and other folks and Uh, With all due respect to them, it feels to me that you guys know better than they do. And Some of the veterans in the industry have been kind of the old dogs and you're the new dogs. Technology-driven, very um, marketing-driven. It's a very different approach to what has been for years an old business. Land buying and selling as receivables has been around for many years. You've taken this to a whole new level. So um, congratulations and uh, good luck in 2023. Thank you. We're excited Thanks, for the ride. Thank you kindly. Thank
0: you for listening to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. To receive your copy of Mike's How to
2: Choose a Smart Real Estate Fund book, head to BigMikeFun.com or visit Amazon and type Mike's slot name. Keep listening and keep investing, Big Mike style.
0: See you on the next episode.